Welcome to the Natural Skin Biz Program, where we discuss all things plants, people, and skin. For those of you listening for the first time, my name is Lynn. I'm an ethnobiologist, licensed esthetician, and owner of the Genesis Studio Spa in beautiful downtown Waterloo, Iowa. In our first Fab Four episode, I introduced my favorite four essential oils that every medicine cabinet should have. They are tea tree, lavender, peppermint, and eucalyptus. And I introduced you to tea tree. In our second episode, we learned about lavender, that you can not only use it topically, but with the right purity and preparation, you can take it orally in certain foods, drinks, and as a safer alternative to drugs like lorazepam. Today's episode is part three, in which we'll cover peppermint. We'll cover its oil and how to enjoy the plant fresh from the garden. Stay tuned. When I was a kid, I used to remember going to the restaurant. Um, I grew up in a little town, Glendora, California, and I remember there is a smorgasbord. And at the end, it would be kind of like some of the chains that you see around the, the Midwest called the Cracker Barrel, where they have like a little candy shop and they have these candy sticks. And I remember my favorite ones were Rip Bear and Peppermint. So for a lot of us, we think of peppermint as that red and white striped candy at the holidays. But today's episode, I hope that it will expand your horizons to see that peppermint is surprisingly an interesting plant that has a lot of wonderful qualities to it. So we'll get started here, but I just want to share that because sometimes when we hear some of these terms, we think of peppermint, we don't think of green leafed plants. We think more of what we've turned uh, parts of the plant into, such as candies or flavorings. So I hope you enjoy this episode as we cover peppermint. Peppermint is a perennial that was first cultivated in 1750 near London, England. It is a natural hybrid between watermint, which is mentha aquatica, and spearmint, mentha spicata. Meaning, sometime in the past, the two mint species cross-pollinated and created the seeds which produced the peppermint plant. It's best known for its role as a popular flavoring agent. Less well-recognized is peppermint's potential role in the management of numerous other metal conditions, including certain procedures such as colonoscopies. Peppermint is a hardy plant, and its habitat includes warm and cool regions throughout Europe, North America, and Australia. Its genus and species is Mentha pepperida. Mentha means mint, pepperida refers to its pepperiness and it belongs in the family of Laminacea. Mints are known to have that cool, refreshing menthol aftertaste. So you might see some that say uh, wintergreen or spearmint and you wonder what's the difference and they both have kind of that cool aftertaste. One's a little bit more mellow than the other. However, when it comes to peppermint, Peppermint is unique. Peppermint is just what it says. It's a peppery mint, so it is always listed just as it is on ingredients. And it has that one-of-a-kind, unique, slightly spicy, minty flavor or scent. Okay, let's take a trip to the past and learn about the history of peppermint. Dried peppermint leaves in Egyptian pyramids suggest that people have been using peppermint as far back as 1,000 years B.C., but the ancient world isn't the only place that peppermint is found. If we look at the New World, in other words, North America, glass bottles were found in archaeological sites with the words embossed by the king's patent, Essence of Peppermint. 
They've been found in many archaeological sites throughout the North American continent, including military, fur trade, native, and domestic and commercial sites. Essence of peppermint was actually patented in 1762 by John Juniper and became one of several 18th century English patent medicines to continue in production into the 20th century. Peppermint oil has a lot of qualities to it, and the properties that peppermint in general have are antibacterial, antispasmodic, diaphoretic, which means it induces sweating, and antiseptic. Now, I take peppermint candies if I feel like my stomach's a little upset or if I have a headache, because as we'll learn in a few moments, there's a lot of research that's shown that peppermint can be used in a medicinal way. I mean, it's not just a yummy candy. I mean, I think it's a yummy candy, but you can use it medicinally for several items um, or conditions, I should say. According to the National Institute of Health, or the NIH, quote, a small amount of research suggests that peppermint oil in enteric-coated capsules may improve IBS symptoms in adults. One small study suggests that peppermint oil, again, in enteric-coated capsules, may reduce abdominal pain in some children. And a few studies have indicated that specific products containing peppermint oil plus caraway oil and specific combination products that include peppermint leaves may help relieve indigestion. One time, my youngest daughter came to visit, and she was feeling um, just not too well. Her stomach was giving her some problems. So I put a little bit of peppermint oil around and told her, just kind of use a little carrier oil, like a little olive oil, and just kind of put it around and just kind of circle around uh, your belly button. Now, she looked at me kind of funny, but she knows me. She knows I don't do pharmaceuticals. I do all natural treatments. So she tried it. And we gave her a little plate to eat. She was over on the couch, um, just kind of sitting down and resting. And after a little while, I checked on her and she said, I don't believe it. I actually feel better. So I've known in my own experience, peppermint has really helped whenever I've had stomach cramps or maybe I've eaten some that's given me a little bit of indigestion. Having shared that, be aware that there's not concrete scientific evidence showing or proving that taking peppermint oil alone can help. In fact, peppermint oil taken alone may worsen indigestion in some people and cause unwanted side effects. Another note is peppermint oil should never be taken alone, especially on the skin. Because of its peppery taste and spiciness, it's the chemical compounds within the peppermint oil that can actually burn the skin. So it's never wise to take straight peppermint oil. You should always blend or mix or dilute. A limited amount of evidence suggests that peppermint oil applied topically might be beneficial for tension headaches. And again, this is when it is diluted with a carrier oil. We offer a product that is produced locally in our area. She's very knowledgeable in her oils and botanicals. And that tension headache formula does contain peppermint oil. My husband has used it and has been amazed at how quickly his headaches have been relieved. Again, 
please remember when you're taking anything strong like peppermint oil, cinnamon oil, any plant that has spiciness in particular, you must dilute that. In fact, it's always a good idea when in doubt, use the carrier oil when you're using essential oils. This is especially true with peppermint oil. Never put it directly under the skin or take it alone internally. Peppermint oil in a gel water or cream applied topically to the nipple area of breastfeeding women might be helpful for reducing pain and cracked skin. Menthol, which is in peppermint oil, should not be inhaled by or applied to the face of an infant or a small child because it might negatively affect their breathing. Peppermint oil should therefore be used only after breastfeeding and then wiped out before the next breastfeeding session. A small amount of research suggests that peppermint oil might be helpful to reduce spasms during certain procedures, such as endoscopy or barium enema examination. Ugh, I've had one of those before. Not fun. In fact, I think that was one of the flavors for the quote-unquote milkshakes they give you. No matter what you take, it still tastes like a chalk shake and not a milkshake. <laughs> but again, peppermint oil does have an antispasmodic quality to it. Finally, I love this medical research report. It's titled, Botanical Perspectives on Health Peppermint, More Than Just an After-Dinner Mint. Love that title. In that research report, they state that less well-recognized is peppermint's potential role in the management of numerous other mental conditions, including certain procedures such as colonoscopies. So there you have it. Who thought that that after-dinner mint could also help with your colonoscopy? Okay, let's talk about how to use peppermint oil. As I mentioned earlier, you should always use a carrier oil when using essential oil or peppermint. It can cause a stinging inflammation of the skin if applied directly. Now, I have seen this firsthand. Many years ago, when I first got started in aesthetics, I had a client who came to me for facials. One time, she came and she said, Lynn, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm getting this rash. Well, she went to her dermatologist and they couldn't figure it out. She tried watching her food. She thought about maybe it's something that's in the laundry. Maybe it's um, my skincare routine. Could be my, my moisturizer. Maybe it's my cleanser. We went through everything. We went through the ingredients that I use, and that's why I stick with botanical-based and natural because it's easier to, to get through the ingredients, and uh, we looked through everything. Couldn't figure this out. So we decided the best uh, approach to this would be to stop doing facials for a while and see if perhaps there's something with the facials that were causing the rash. Well, as it turned out, she still got the rash. After a few weeks, she got back with me and said, Lynn, we figured out what's causing the rash around my mouth. It was peppermint oil. When she looked online on how to use peppermint oil, there was a website that suggested putting peppermint oil on the upper lip so that she could breathe in or you could, you could inhale the peppermint oil and help with headaches and other things like indigestion. Although, um, if you're going to use it for headaches, uh, you can inhale it. Um, that would probably be the safer way to use it. But anyways, she had put it directly on her upper lip, just like the website suggested. And what happened was she broke out in a rash. 
because it had caused a slight burn to the skin. So after that, we found out what it was. From then on, she stopped putting it on her upper lip. And instead, I believe she diffused it. And we talked about other ways we could diffuse the pepper oil using a carrier oil. Now, a carrier oil would be like a fatty oil, such as avocado, olive oil. We've talked about this in other episodes. So make sure, again, if you're going to put the essential oil of peppermint onto your skin in any format, make sure that you're using a carrier oil or that it is such a tiny ingredient that there are other ingredients that have the fatty oils so that it can sufficiently diffuse it and not cause a burn on the skin. While eucalyptus is great for upper respiratory conditions, and we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode, peppermint also has kind of that menthol clarifying um, essence to it. So sometimes when I'm not feeling well, I'll actually make a cup of peppermint tea and drink that, not only to kind of help with indigestion, but it can kind of help a little bit with the sinuses. I I'm personally am not a fan of mint tea, but I realize that some tea I drink simply for the medicinal use and peppermint tea is one of those. It does help again not only for indigestion but it can help with clearing up your sinuses for that because of the menthol. Edible grade qualities of the oil can be used as a flavoring in desserts, candies, and many other food dishes. Now, I've talked about that there is no such thing as therapeutic grade oils. And again, that is true. If there were, the FDA would point out all the different uh, aspects of what makes it um, a therapeutic grade, because anything that has a grade to it officially has to be listed with the FDA, and there is no such thing as therapeutic grade. It's a marketing term. So as in all episodes, I just want to emphasize that you want to get a quality essential oil. Know the producer, know the company, and don't buy cheap on the internet because it's probably adulterated, meaning there's a lot of extra chemicals in there and it's not going to be a pure form. If you get an edible grade, which is a high quality grade, not aromatherapeutic, but an essential oil, edible grade quality. You can put it in into desserts, candies, makes a great frosting during the holidays, and you can put that in a lot of other food dishes. Fresh mint leaves are a popular ingredient in many Middle Eastern and Eastern European dishes. You can use it as a garnish for mint julep drinks, iced tea, or cold water at home, or in spa settings. Years ago, my husband and I, we had our home when the kids were growing up, and we had a patch of mint growing out there. And we we, uh, grew up in a, I didn't grow up, but we lived in a Bosnian neighborhood. Beautiful people, so nice. And my neighbor was Bosnian. We didn't understand each other's language too well, but we could speak plant. So I would send her little, little snippets of the mint, and she would put that into some of her dishes. I had another friend who was from uh, the what would have been ancient Persia, so she was Persian and her ancestry, and she would use mint to make Persian kebabs, and they were delicious. Now, tonight my husband is making gyros. We're not going to be using lamb meat, which is a traditional meat for gyros, but instead we usually use a sliced beef or oftentimes ground beef because it's just easier. To give it that nice, delicious, slightly Middle Eastern flavor, we will 
work with fresh mint. We'll chop it up, we'll put it inside, and it's delicious. If you're wondering what Persian kebabs are like, the first time I had them, um, I was presented with a tray, because every time I went to this person's house, it smelled wonderful. And I asked her, what are you making? She goes, well, let me tell you. And she said, Persian kebabs, here's a box. And she had this big foil-wrapped um, tray of deliciousness. And I took it home and she had it with basmati rice. Oh, it was just wonderful. And the Persian kebabs reminded me of meatloaf, but instead of parsley, I put in the fresh mint. And it was wonderful. It gave it a completely different, but wonderfully aromatic flavor and texture and scent. And oh, it was just wonderful. So Persian kebabs, uh, the best way I can say to make them, it's very similar to meatballs, but instead of parsley, you put in fresh cut mint. So again, you can use mint for an ingredient, you can use it for a garlic, uh, not garlic, but as a, a garnish. Um, I like to keep peppermint candies here at my office and at the spa because candies made with genuine peppermint oil are great to freshen breath after coffee. And my daughters and I, we must have a coffee gene because uh, we basically, as my daughter put it, bleed coffee. So I always have a tray or a little container of peppermint mints up here. So not only am I freshening my breath after my morning coffee, but it's great if maybe I'm just not feeling a little well or I ate something and didn't settle right the night before. I have them right here and they work wonderful. There's not many calories to them and I make sure that when we pick them up that they do contain genuine peppermint oil. If you're going to start a peppermint plant at home, you can purchase potted plants at plant nurseries or garden sections of larger retail stores. Fresh sprigs are available at some grocery stores. You kind of look for it in the produce department. Many of them be wrapped up and they'll be sold alongside maybe some like the cilantro or the parsley over in that section. Peppermint flavoring is often located back in the aisles of the grocery stores, um, sometimes in craft centers. If you look for the peppermint flavoring in the grocery store, you often you'll find it over by the baking department where the frostings and the cake mixes are. Aromatherapy formulations will be found over in the candle section at home stores, over where they have the wax melts and the candles. And again, make sure that you are reading those labels carefully. Some stores may put the two together, so you may have to read a little extra careful. If you're buying potted plants, make sure that you're buying the mentha pepperita. There are several forms of mint so they may sell them next to each other. Make sure you read the label. I thought I was picking up cilantro one time and wondered why the plant looked like baby carrots because the top didn't quite look right. They were sold right next to each other and they were growing at a young stage, so I didn't look as carefully as I should have and we had carrots growing in our salsa garden. So make sure you read all those labels, whether it's a potted plant or an oil or an aromatherapy formulation, read the label. When buying the essential oil form of peppermint, you can find those at health food stores, spas, salons, and healthcare practitioners that focus on natural healing. It's a great oil to have. And again, it's one of the Fab Five I recommend every medicine cabinet in a home. 
should have this oil. Hey, thanks for joining me as we covered peppermint in our installment of the Fab Four. So we've covered three of the four. Next, we join me as we cover eucalyptus. And today's end quote is by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, America's 32nd president. And he said, quote, A nation that destroys its soils destroys itself. Forests are the lungs of our land, purifying the air and giving fresh strength to our people. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.